What is up, everyone, and welcome back to the we Nonstop Baseball Podcast. <laughs> we are so back, aggressively back. Here we are, episode 41. Oh, my goodness gracious. It is I, Noah. We're going to talk to you about some baseball, even though we're locked out. I'm yep, joined all, as always. All the baseball news. All the baseball news. hijacked your introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with Brian and Adam, as you've heard. How are you guys? How are you guys doing? you know the Niners eliminated from the playoffs the Chiefs eliminated from the playoffs some would say there isn't a better day for a Raider fan this is true and like in the middle of I mean not to say anything too early because the Super Bowl hasn't happened yet but perhaps the greatest NFL playoffs of all time dude it's definitely squaring up to be exactly that it has been nuts unless this Super Bowl starts with like eight straight turnovers I think we already have the best playoffs of all time. Cause imagine if one of the teams just like completely wipe the floor with the other team and blow them out. Right. Like, it's still like, bro, that's insane. If it's a close game, it's insane. Like it has to be a so, pathetic football game. Oh, for I'm, and it's I'm also a team breaking. Well, I guess not the Rams, but still, I mean, both teams haven't won in a while, you know, especially the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'd, no. it'd be great. Well, I mean, more importantly, right. It's either, the greatest uh, Joey Burrow and that young team story, or it's uh, Matthew Stafford finally getting a Dude. Super Bowl win that he deserves for being in Detroit <laughs> for 12 <laughs> seasons in Detroit. Oh, anyway, uh, that's football. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wrong sport. My Dang man. it. Wrong podcast. <laughs> One so day. This is how we're uh, pitching our new podcast. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, 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 not yeah, true. Not, not true at all. Psych. We're at the point of the lockout where I'm talking about football. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely sooner expected uh, Bundesliga to be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> brought hey, up a little more frequently. So, uh, Noah, speaking of the lockout, oh yeah, you got any updates for us? Okay, yeah, I actually got some a pretty good update about the labor negotiations right here oh, with me. Okay, let us know. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. So that's, uh, that's yeah, 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 that's pretty accurate. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. best part about that, uh, that could be coming from either side. Hey, yeah. <laughs> at least they met twice this week. I mean, wow. dude, working two days a week, we got to give it up to them. Right? Round of applause. It's the stupidest news ever when they're like, oh man, these these lockout talks have significantly picked up pace <laughs> and it's like trying to get us all excited. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that they're talking two times in a week. <laughs> oh my God. Get out yeah. of here. Yeah, no, that's pretty bad. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's gotten pathetic, honestly, on both sides, I would say like yeah. us as fans, like it's hard to say, like, it's easy for us to say, like, oh, yeah, it's the owner's fault, right? That's what we're kind of, in a sense, trained to do, I guess, is the best way to say it. But, I mean, it could very well be on both sides. Granted, the players are fighting for good things. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, all, it's all childish. It sucks. Yeah. There are no winners. Speaking of there being almost no winners. Uh, oh, God. oh, are we doing this this early? <laughs> All oh, I wasn't results. ready to get this mad. We're in. There was one significant winner. Oh, <laughs> Damn it, Ortiz. 
David Ortiz. David yeah. Ortiz. The, the, cur- the great Dave O'Brien call of the David Ortiz uh, Grand Slam in the ALCS. Um, yeah, David Ortiz, first ballot Hall of Famer, deservedly so. But that is, yeah, it absolutely. Was in doubt. Absolutely. absolutely deservedly yeah. so. Yeah, it was in doubt because he was a DH for pretty much his whole career. But um, I think and people hate anybody that's ever once been linked to steroids. Yeah. There was some, there was some doubt. Yeah. There, yeah, there's some doubt, but I don't know. I just think if you're that impactful, it uh, doesn't matter if you're a DH. <laughs> I think you should uh-huh. be, especially when you're like the greatest DH of all time. Yeah, there, there's like no way they would ever keep an impactful player out, right? Yeah, no, couldn't. No way. No, maybe definitely not a player that holds like Ugh. career records in like hey, multiple stat categories. One one thing before we get to this next part, like while we're on David Ortiz, is like he a hundred percent deserves it for so many reasons, right? Like David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer. And there's like way too many Giants fans using a different player that did not get in the Hall of Fame being like, oh, David Ortiz shouldn't be in. And it's like, uh, you got to stop that. Like, yeah, just because, yeah, yeah, just because your favorite player, arguably the best hitter to ever play baseball, didn't get in the Hall of Fame does not mean some other guy should not get it. Like David Ortiz, big poppy is a Hall of Famer and yeah. deserves to be so. Yes. Now, yeah, 20 year career, um, 931 OPS over when you look at his entire career. Yeah. Um, here, let me get this down the way really quick. Yeah. His career average is like a career high for some players. Yeah. And like, yeah. uh, not only a career high, but like a career best. Like that players are so happy if they have a 900 OPS for one season. And this guy had it for his career. Yeah. yeah. His, his, uh, 2003 to 2016, all with uh, Boston, a 956 OPS, 148 OPS plus, um, averaged 34 homers a season, but over per 162, it was 40 home runs and 109 RBI over that, you know, 13 year stretch. Um, that's that's just you know, what was it? 37 doubles per season too. That's just putting in absolute work. 81 walks a season just an absolute legend and like and that's just the regular season numbers that's not even taking into account the fact that he just absolutely carried the 2013 red Sox in particular to that world series win and then had all the heroics in 2004 and it's he was just just a dominant player and just a you know a great face uh, for baseball as well but just also put up them numbers as well yeah, yeah. No. No, i mean an unreal career yeah. And yeah, just absolutely deserving of that spot. I mean, you'd be crazy to to argue against it. But some people do. <laughs> but some people do. I mean, he, he got seventy seven point nine percent of the vote, which is a dang good percent as a first ballot, and especially one that was even uh, potentially contested as much as he was. Um, but yeah, there was there were two names I think left off this ballot. I know, uh, obviously, one, I think me and Brian are potentially more mad about than anything. Um, but two players who were on their 10th ballot who did not get the vote. Before a, we fully move on, I have one question I want to ask you guys. Are you guys, like, a big Hall of Fame person or a small Hall of Fame? Like, what do you guys, like, when going in, like, your criteria for your Hall of Fame in your mind, should it be, like, 
if they were impactful or like they literally have to be legendary. Does that make sense what I'm asking? No, I mean, yeah. it makes sense, right? I, yeah. I think that I have sort of stuck with the same sort of rationale that I've, I think I've usually stuck with when I think about like most Hall of Famers, which is like, if you're, if you had to, if you had unlimited time and you had to tell the history of the entire you know, mm -hmm. of, of all of major league baseball, is it a disservice to leave this person's name out? That's fair. That's fair. Right. And like for, a, you know, I think that you could say that for the vast majority of people in the hall of fame, that that's, you know, it would, it would be a disservice to leave those names out of your, of the annals of, of MLB history. Mm -hmm. um, and that sort of lends itself to being a bigger hall of fame because that okay. obviously includes yeah. a lot of, a lot more names. Um, yeah, and, sure. and obviously some of that, you know, like needs to have some caveats to it. Cause like there are some people who are baseball legends, but, but maybe for different reasons. And, you know, you couldn't tell the history of baseball without them, but they also aren't hall of famers, but that's getting into a whole different thing. Yeah. What about, you Noah? how do you kind of say, I've that? mentioned this before. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I haven't like dove too deep into hall of fame stuff, but I feel like I could be persuaded into voting for like almost anyone <laughs> to be in the yeah. Hall of Fame. I just like, I don't know. I just, I'm just a positive person, I guess. But um, <laughs> I think I definitely have a bigger Hall of Fame than other people. But then I, when I look at this list, there are definite people that I'm like, yeah, no, they wouldn't be in my Hall of Fame. Um, but uh, I definitely think I have a bigger Hall of Fame than a lot of other people. But then sometimes I'll hear people argue like, well, it's not supposed to be easy. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. But I don't know because like it's funny though because two two uh people that didn't come I mean was the first year on the ballot and they left um had like absolutely legendary spurts but like just not yeah. the hall of fame career but it's like it is kind of weird when I think about growing up the way Adam was saying like these two people were very much the part of my childhood baseball and that being ryan howard yeah. and tim lincecum mm -hmm. uh For ryan sure. ryan howard from 2006 to 2009 he averaged 50 homers and 143 rbi <laughs> yeah and yeah. i mean like lincecum another guy he had back-to-back -back cy youngs like yeah. that's right. insane uh, yeah i mean tim lincecum had a four to five year stretch of arguably the most dominant pitching ever from a starter like an absolutely nutty stretch yeah but did not do that for See, a whole career yeah so my my opinions of the hall of fame is like i'm definitely a bigger hall of fame person like yeah i don't think it should necessarily only be for like the stat holders like i think if you made a literal impact on like the way the game was played or the way the game's thought of like sure. you deserve to be in the hall of fame right totally i don't think it's only stat based and kind of like can you help if your name helps define the era of baseball, you deserve to be in. Like, I, I don't know. I, I would probably have some guys that most people wouldn't necessarily agree with, but like a guy like Sammy Sosa, I know he's heavily debated and like, right. That wise, he wouldn't necessarily be a hall of fame player who would jump out at you. Yeah. But I think if you take his career into like consideration, I, I wouldn't be mad if he was in the hall of fame. Right. And like, I mean, this is sort of where like my rationale comes in, right? If you had to describe to somebody and, and you know, tell somebody the history of, of MLB and you got across that era 
and you didn't bring up Sammy Sosa, that's kind of wrong. Yeah, the counter argument is that Sammy Sosa, Ryan Howard, Tim Lincecum, all these guys, they have several things in the Hall of Fame and like pictures and exactly. stuff like that. Yes. But then people are yes. like, but then I, we're enshrining them. But then also it's like, but we're not worshiping these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no for sure. I, I personally yeah. don't, I'm personally not a fan of that argument just because like, yeah, like Tim Lincecum's in the Hall of Fame for his like back-to-back Cy Youngs, whatever they have, like sure. glove, jersey, blah, blah, blah. But that's completely different than having your bus. And this is not me here saying Tim yep. Linscombe deserves to be there. I think Tim Linscombe did a lot for the game of baseball. And yeah. when I talk about the San Francisco Giants, yes, he's a giant Hall of Famer. But in yeah. terms of the league, he he just didn't do it long enough. He really didn't. Like, I think there's some sort of cutoff there. Yeah. I mean, and that's yeah. the thing, right? Hall of Fame has to encompass it to be, you know, in that Hall of Fame and, be, and have the bus. I think it has to be a career thing, right? Um, yeah. at least at some level i guess so yeah i guess my point is like it could be career but it doesn't always necessarily have to be stat oriented if yeah. it's like a career Absolutely. accomplishment yeah um but let's let's talk about two people who uh <laughs> yeah. did, did did get career it, and did stat all of the accomplishment, <laughs> uh and didn't get in and it was their last time um obviously I mean, do th- these Two players don't have like very significant records or anything, right? No, no, no definitely not, not really. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say they've got you know really anything that important. Oh, okay, dude, they they definitely never won like a Cy Young or are not like the or maybe most, like not the most Cy Young, maybe like seven Cy oh, yeah. Youngs. And de- definitely not like the most home runs either. Also, would have, yeah, yeah. Also, you know, two uh, pitching triple crowns. Uh, yeah you know, an, an no, MVP, you know, someone who has like seven MVPs, 12 silver sluggers, eight yeah. gold gloves, like that, yeah, what that a, player definitely. Yeah. What about the guy who won a back-to-back site? Remember how we were talking about how Tim Blinscom won back-to-back Cy Youngs? Uh-huh. Um, what about the guy who did that t- uh, twice in his career? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, maybe kind of important. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, neither of those people made it in. Uh, that is uh, yeah, for, yeah, for are those people yeah <laughs> uh, barry bonds and roger Clemens. Oh. oh wow oh um who received 66 percent and 65.2 percent of the vote respectively which is not enough um Bro. <laughs> yeah i mean really just wrong <laughs> there's not really much other way to say it um yeah wrong you know, something that really frustrated me about the Barry Bonds is a lot of people compared the Pete Rose situation to Barry Bonds because uh, Pete Rose holds the record for hits, right? Like, yep. Had a lot of hits in his career, had a great playing career, questionable managing career, right? Got suspended sure. from the game of baseball for life for betting on the games he was managing. Yeah, not great. Not great, right? And Pete Rose, it's understandable why he's not in the Hall of Fame. Granted, I feel like there's a short list of people not in the Hall of Fame that are absolutely required to talk about when talking about the game of baseball like you're talking about right say we had a small hall well names like pete rose barry bonds they they all get brought up yep but barry bonds and pete rose's situation are completely different when pete rose was gambling on those games he knew a hundred percent what he was doing was illegal and against the rules of baseball and not to say barry bonds didn't think there was something wrong with steroids he never tested positive like yep it's just insane like i'm not saying like 
okay. Uh, heart to heart. Was he on steroids? If you ask me straight up, I'm probably going to say yes. Yeah, I, I would but also that's say the era of baseball. I was going to say, say, I would also say, I'd argue most of the league was. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, are we going to get to a point way down the line where we're looking back and going, oh, pitchers that use some sticky stuff, they can't get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, the other, I think the other thing that like, bothers me about the steroid argument, right, is that the steroid argument gets brought up for Barry Bonds as if there aren't like can like confirmed steroid users in the hall of fame like and, not even and, fringe not fringe like no no no, no. we know <laughs> and they're in the hall of fame so it's like you have this weird hollier than thou voter mentality of mm, i'll never vote for a steroid user no no the hall of fame's too good for that what we no, only have racists in my <laughs> yeah what do you mean like well, you're and insane Barry Bonds was an insane player before the steroid stuff too it's yeah. not like he like when he was rumored to start taking steroids it's like he started winning all the mvps then it's like no he had mvps already yeah like oh i, I think uh so so just one of my favorite like uh stat things because it is so weird well, i got one the, after you okay uh but the the bill james hall of fame monitor do you guys know that like stat thing whatever um it's it, baseball reference has it listed on on their um their hall of fame ballot things but basically their their measurements of um how likely a player is to be elected to the hall of fame and how they measure up the, the and then there's another stat that is how how they measure up to the rest of the hall of fame as far as like career. Um, and so for the, uh, how likely a player is to be elected, um, anything over a hundred is pretty likely and anything under a hundred is like less likely. So uh, David Ortiz was a 171. It's nice. pretty likely. Okay. Nice. Barry Bonds yeah. is a 340. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. And Roger Clemens is a 332. Yeah. So, you know, pretty good it's just and then the oh, other oh, one so frustrating the, the other bill james one the hall of fame career standards is the um is a zero to 100 scale of how their career statistics match up to typical hall of famers where 50 is average david ortiz has a 55 which i think is fair there's some pretty insane legends of the game in the hall of fame and you know he's he's relatively average as far as hall of famers go Bonds is a 77, Clemens is a 73. <laughs> like, so these are people who like stood like by any reasonable metric are like no brainers. And they really both should have been first ballot when they were on first ballot. But here we are. Other stuff. Yeah. yeah. It just like, I think my sticky stuff point is so interesting. Like what's a pitcher that may end up in the Hall of Fame that was probably using sticky stuff? Do we think Max Scherzer was probably using it? yeah probably i mean probably, who every player was probably using some yeah. version of it we've said this before yeah but like if we're in a situation years down the line where we're not putting max scherzer in the hall of fame because he maybe used some sticky stuff when it wasn't even against the rules and the yeah. commissioner Nuts. of the league was turning a blind eye to it yeah sound familiar steroids <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just Bud like C-leg. dude and he gets put in the hall of fame Bud Selig, who turned a blind eye to the steroids, gets yeah. like quick routed to the Hall of Fame. This 
guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like Barry Nuts. Bonds and Roger Clemens aren't like, oh. yeah. I also, one of my other favorite uh, Roger Clemens things, just, just really quickly. Uh, so this is a guy who, again, won seven Cy Youngs. Uh, <laughs> won all of them basically in the middle of steroid era. <laughs> Like he won one in 86, 87. He won one in 91, 97, 98. Like he was winning them all in the thick of the eighties and nineties. Yeah, <laughs> This dude I've, was a legendary dominant pitcher when hitters were dominating. <laughs> yeah. I've got a fun stat for each uh, Clemens and Bonds. I think I'll start with Clemens first because the Bonds one is incredibly mind blowing. Um, yeah. So We've talked about OPS plus a, a bit on the podcast and a little bit of ERA mm. plus uh, ERA plus kind of the same idea, you know, adjusted to player ballpark and all that kind of different stuff. But the concept of 100 being the league average is the same. Uh, Roger Clemens has two seasons where his ERA plus was over 200. <laughs> so he was over 100% better than league average pitching in 1990 he had an era plus of 211 and 1997 at the age of 34 he had an era plus of 222 um which yeah. is just ridiculous but you, some might say not as ridiculous as this very bonds factoid i'm about to give you uh, I, I have a ridiculous Barry bonds one too but i think they might be the same so. yeah i think it's going to be the same because it was it was circling on twitter pretty recently yeah, yeah, okay it's probably the same yeah this one's courtesy of uh, baseball history net uh on twitter um and it's from 2001 until his retirement uh bonds walked 1068 times in that same period he swung and missed 686 times. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's, <laughs> that's the most mental. Oh my God. Yeah, so that's crazy. I have a different one. So I'm going to read off two stat lines. The first one is a batting average of 309, right? On base 429, slugging 615, and an OPS of 1.004, right? That's the first one. The second one is a batting average of 298, on base percentage of 444, slugging of 607, and OPS of 1.05, right? Very mm-hmm. similar stat lines, right? Mm-hmm. So one would be the MVP from last year in Bryce Harper for the 2021. That would be the first one with the lower OPS. And the second one would be Barry Bonds' career averages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like Barry Bonds' career average is almost is slightly better than our MVP stat line from last year. Yeah, if you want a a, a good one for um, a, a somewhat of an average. Now, granted, this is in the uh, potentially contentious period, but um, Barry Bonds' four running MVP years from two thousand one to two thousand four, he averaged a three forty nine batting average and a 1368 ops over four seasons i'm not i'm convinced there wasn't like a better time to be a kid like (laughs) yeah no i mean growing up watching that yeah i didn't see um when he did it but oh i was i was uh no well i mean i saw him do it but i went to a giants game where barry bonds was at 713 home runs he was chasing the tie Mm -hmm. for babe ruth's 714 and that was just 
electric every time he was yeah. up at the plate. It was Dude. insane. Yeah. I remember watching the game. He broke the record. It was just so insane. Yeah. Like, that's nuts. Oh, man. Anyway, yeah, the guy who leads, yeah, anyway, the guy who leads the uh, entire MLB (sighs) career stat lines in home runs, walks, and intentional walks is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He will have, uh, I think he gets another chance with the veteran committee. Yeah, eventually. No, it's interesting because sometimes when you hear some of these players talk about, I mean, it's different, like, you know, current players kind of talk about Barry and it's like, yeah, we want Barry, but some of the retired players oh, right players, now, yeah. you talk about you talk about steroid use, possible steroid use players, and they're not as open as I would have thought. I, I think part of it is like people say this all the time about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Like they aren't, especially in their playing era, they weren't always the most likable person, mm-hmm. especially yeah. to the media. Definitely. Which, especially to the media, which is part of the reason why that people think they didn't get in uh it'll be very interesting with the veterans committee because i mean i'm really hoping they both get in because they're both hall of fame players yeah i mean they really should both get in they will eventually that's how the veterans committee works like yeah by the time like this generation's players are running the veterans committee which albeit was be a very long time uh they'll get in they'll get in at some point right but it's just I forgot where I was going with that. I'm not going to lie. Um. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, you, you, a couple other guys that um, this was their last time on the ballot, Kurt Schilling and Sammy Sosa, who we brought up as well. I think we'll also probably get in on veterans committee. Yeah. Okay. Veterans committee. Where I was going with that is this generation. It'll be very interesting if they decide to put them in or not. Like hopefully they realize how important these two players are to the game. Yeah, they really should. Is there any anything else that stood out on Hall of Fame voting for you guys? Because I know there was a couple things for me. Um, I was surprised that AJ Pierzynski got two votes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? No, I guess I looked at it and he got over 2,000 hits. And if you do that as a catcher, that's a pretty impressive thing to do. But I was also like... I do not think of AJ Brzezinski <laughs> as a Hall of Hey, Prince Fielder got two votes too, baby. I'd rather, I'd much rather have Prince in the Hall than AJ. Because yeah. <laughs> Prince was like, what could have happened? AJ and was, he was fun like, to watch. Too. Yeah. Prince Fielder was fun to watch. Like, honestly, Prince Fielder doesn't get hurt. He might get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, maybe. He would have to go on a crazy tear, but so yeah. might. I mean, that's a dude whose you know, career ended when he was 32, right? I mean, he absolutely could have DH'd for another 10 years yeah um one interesting thing I did hear I heard Dustin Pedroia talking about Hall of Fame and how he would have Barry and Roger in um but when specifically asked about Manny Ramirez uh he said no because when Manny had his steroid use the lines and the rules were much clearer Mm. than uh, yeah I don't uh, I don't know if I just, I haven't decided if I disagree or agree with that take. Cause obviously the big thing about Roger and Barry and even David Ortiz, like when they happened, it was largely not against the rules, right? Like the commissioner was turning a blind eye. They didn't really have any punishments, but like you said, when Manny got in trouble, it was very clear. Like you test positive, you're getting suspended. Yeah. So but there's been players to be suspended for other things before and get in the Hall of Fame. Like, is that is a one-time 80-game suspension enough for you to not put someone in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's 
it's an interesting point interesting argument yeah uh interesting things that stood out uh, to me uh mark burely stays on the ballot baby <laughs> my dark horse my dark horse hall of famer one day i i believe i like mark burely a lot um uh, but the other thing that, that surprised me um was how few votes alex rodriguez got yeah i think that's yeah. along the same lines as the manny thing that i was talking about um, um yeah. and uh which you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back up those the Bill James Hall of Fame monitor numbers there. Uh, Barry Bonds at a 340, Clements on a 332, A Rod with a 390, oh. as far as likeliness to be in the Hall of Fame, um, oh. and career stat compared to everybody else, he's at a 77, I, um, I think... which is the same as Bonds, which I think is a little wild, but eh, whatever. Um, but yeah, he he only got uh, he got a little less than 35 percent of the vote, which I think is kind of surprising i i was honestly expecting him to almost be a guaranteed first ballot or at least closer i think he suffers from a combination of like what noah said with the manny thing but also what barry and roger suffers from by not being the most likable person pretty hateable yeah (laughs) uh, there's a difference between i I think there's a distinct difference between not very (laughs) likable and very hateable i I think (laughs) i think i heard something that i forget where i heard it but they were talking about how part of the reason they think Alex Rodriguez does all this broadcasting stuff is to make the general opinion of him be better because it was bad for a long time. Like it's people, not working. If He's you not are a not a Yankee fan, it's not working. It's not working. If it's you not are not working, a Yankee Alex. fan, though, you did not like Alex Rodriguez. No, that's fair. No, I mean, Only, yeah, like it just had what it was. Like growing up when we were kids, if you were not a Yankee fan, you did not like Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, like but, it just um, is what it is. But he's a great player, and like I don't, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame personally. Like he no, in my Hall of Fame, absolutely. And he, he, and again, he's one of those players that like yeah. yeah uh, when you talk about the Yankees of you know really any era in the last three decades, just about, um, you know, yeah, you kind of have to talk about Alex Rodriguez's path to getting to the Yankees, and then you know that whole you know time in the Yankees in the early two thousands um yeah he's a hugely influential player regardless of whether or not you like him or not one uh player that i i think he is here let me pretty sure he got dropped off the what what's the what how many votes did you need what percent i think five percent you need five percent of the votes one player that dropped off that um (laughs) i was a little i don't know when I think about it, not too surprised, but I think just growing up, I was always told how great this uh, player was, was Tim Hudson. And then when you look at yeah. the stats, Hudson, I mean, just like, especially when you compare it today in terms of innings pitch was an absolute horse, but I guess I could see, you know, not, not being a hall of famer, but man, that's, he, that's he had the, he had the innings. He just, I think the strikeouts and the, he, he was always like on the really good rotations. He was always kind of the third guy. But yeah, if you put like the I Braves, mean, the A's, the Giants, he was always like, he was, he never really was that number one. Yeah. I get what you mean. I love him. Middle. Of, yeah. He's a middle of a middle of your uh, rotation workhorse. And that's, Honestly, and, and that's great. And that's, and he would absolutely be in the hall of very good, but yes. Ugh. Yeah. 17 years at a three, four, nine ERA when you're getting some seasons in yeah. there with two thirty five innings pitch, two thirty eight, two forty. Like I would not be mad about a Tim Hudson hall of famer. 
I, uh, yeah. That, but the yeah. thing is, he made four all-star games. Like, you kind of have to make more than four all-star games to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Never won a Cy Young. Like, but I think we could just all agree that as great career, great guy. Uh, yeah, great career. And uh, Moneyball being a good movie absolutely <laughs> put some disrespect on Tim Hudson and freaking Barry Zito. And was the third pitcher in that rotation? Uh, it started with Mark, right? Or am I tripping? Oakland oh, Athletics. But yeah, they put some disrespect on those pitchers' names, <laughs> barely even mentioning them in the movie. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, I Google search Oakland Athletic Moneyball pitchers and Raleigh Fingers, Max Scherzer, and Eddie Plank. Show. I don't even know who Eddie Plank is. That's oh, funny. Eddie Plank, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah man, Eddie Plank. Eddie but, Plank. Um, he, hey, he fixed my faucet the other day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, Tim Hudson, the only um not first ballot guy to uh, be dropped off of the ballot. Other than I get, or not first or last ballot to be dropped off the ballot. Um, a whole lot of first ballot, first time on the ballot names got uh, dropped off. Um, oh. Some of the guys we didn't talk about, Joe Nathan, Ryan Howard, Mark Teixeira, uh, Jonathan Papelbon, Justin Morneau. Um, oh, yeah, Mark yeah, Mulder, I, sorry. See, I was right about it yeah. being Mark, though. I yeah. just yeah. found it, too. There you go. But, um, but, yeah, a bunch of those guys getting dropped off. And I think most of those, I think we can agree, it probably weren't going to be hall of famers anyway. Yeah. So not really that surprising. Um, yeah. But, uh, Brian, do you, do you have an argument for Jeff Kent being in the hall of fame? Jeff Kent, you know, Jeff Kent growing up as a giants fan, I've always heard about how great Jeff Kent is. And I don't really remember much about Jeff Kent as a giant. I remember fan. smacking with him I, in like Microsoft baseball, 2000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But that's like, my argument for him. He, he left the giants in 2002. I was five years old. Then he, he kind of left right before I really started to get into baseball. Yeah. I know he's a giant legend. He has great stats. His career OPS isn't the best. He only had one year over a one dot. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be, I'm not too mad. He's not in the hall of fame, honestly, personally. He's got I think, one more ballot. He's it a depends. very, very good player. Only a one-time MVP made it to five all-star games. Like yeah. I think Look, you I'm, could very well throw him in that same group as Tim Hudson. And it's hard to argue otherwise. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're very good and they're is. on that level right below hall of fame. Yeah. There's I, nothing wrong with being in the hall of very good. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the argument for Jeff Kent is if you like weight his career based off of being a second baseman too. Cause then when you compare him to a, all of the second baseman, then his numbers kind of stack up you know a little different but it's like are you taking into account position in that sense or you yeah know? and i feel like he played first base more than not am i wrong in saying that i'm pretty sure wrong. he played mostly second base in his career oh, okay i may be very wrong in saying that then <laughs> but when he was older he might have, i mean on reference it says he played second base third and first uh, yeah. second base being his primary interesting hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, other than that, I think, other than the obvious ones that were wild that didn't get in, I think a pretty expected result for the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, just really quick confirmation in his 17 years, he played 2,034 games at second base, 116 at first and 158 at third and three at shortstop. <laughs> that shows you how much I know because I've always thought of him as a first baseman. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, well. <laughs> well, I knew he played the other spots, but like for some reason, I always thought he was like primary first. I knew he would play some second and third, but interesting. Uh, also, if you have a chance, go get Microsoft Baseball 2000. Yeah, Jeff Kent. Apparently, 32.7% of the voters also liked playing with Jeff Kent in Microsoft <laughs> Baseball 2000. <laughs> oh, what? yeah, for sure. Um, are we done with Hall of Fame? Do we want to yeah. regain some positive energy with a spicy bet with the boys let's go (laughs) all right okay so let me first off say that this is not a nothing about this bet is negative absolutely nothing about it is negative (laughs) okay recently a couple weeks ago i tried hot yoga for the first time uh, if you're unfamiliar with the concept of hot oh, yoga, I am already extremely <laughs> concerned. <laughs> it's where you basically go into a sauna. The place I go is 109 degrees with like oh, that's, 30 to 50 that, percent humidity. That I think, sounds 30. like 30 that just sounds or 40 like, more degrees than I. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say that just sounds like a regular summer day for me. Yeah, so Adam's at an advantage. That's not really that bad. Um, but uh and i was very nervous about it but i've absolutely loved it i'm gonna keep going back um and i just love spreading and it's great for your body um uh, and i just love spreading that good energy around so i think i wanted to bet with you guys if your teams win the division their division this year you have to celebrate by coming to hot yoga with me (laughs) oh I mean, grant, granted, I'll probably go anyways. I'm down. Yeah, but uh, sure. I don't think the Giants are winning their division. So <laughs> I mean, I'm here for it. Yeah, why not? So I mean, are we all just going to hot yoga and talking about it on the pod one day? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can. I don't know why we gotta like go to hot. You, you guys can also just come up here in the summer. I mean, just go outside. We'll, we'll go to hot <laughs> yoga in Boston when we go to the basement. In Boston. <laughs> oh my god. If there's one thing Boston's known for, it's the hot yoga. It's hot yoga and beans, but De- also def- hot yoga. Definitely not the Red Sox. Definitely beans and hot yoga. Beans yeah. and hot yoga. Well, I appreciate your open-mindedness. I thought you would both reject hot yoga aggressively. I mean, I, I, I'm not happy about the thought. Don't get me wrong. But I'll do it. I've done uh, yoga all of zero times in my life. So... I definitely yeah. get a fat crap. Why not? <laughs> yeah, it, it gets pretty hot in there, but uh, obviously. Oh, uh, we got to take off all our clothes? Yes. Uh, <laughs> is that the only song they play in there? I'm going to yes, be mad if it's not. You bump it the whole time. There is no like Zen it's, or it's meditation on, at all. It's on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> just... Yeah, it's, it's just a bunch of, I mean, it's like you and then mostly old people listening to <laughs> it's getting hot in here <laughs> you're really nice. selling it man <laughs> maybe a little bit of disco inferno oh that's <laughs> just... any any just uh hot oriented songs mm. oh yeah um well i got here what should we well let's talk about the let's talk about some triple a news that we got recently Ooh. 
yes. Man, you know how you know the offseason is popping when we're talking about the miners. We would have talked about this. If we would have talked about this anyway. Yeah. yeah, what do you hey, mean? This is actually interesting. Let me news. push my narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll hear us and then <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, for those of you who didn't see in AAA this upcoming year. The implementation of RoboUps will begin. So we're gonna get a major test at a at the you know the second highest level in America of baseball, AAA. How, gonna see how some do RoboUps. You, how do you guys feel about it being in AAA and not like single A? I have they already experimented at lower. They've levels? already experimented yeah. in I think okay. low okay. A. Um, I I'm I just all think AAA is weird. I'm all for it for the 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 reasoning of triple a also still sees major talent as far as like people on rehab assignments um and stuff like that that i think this is perhaps a way of of not just like getting to see what roboams look like in like a higher division but also like dripping in like hey, now we get to see some actual major leaguers see this and see it in action. And then they report back to their clubs and they're like, oh, this is what it was like. And I hated it or I loved it or whatever. Um, I, I'm fine with it um, because if it if it sucks, then, you know, whatever, that's par for the course for the major leagues at this point. Um, but if it's great, then good. Because then, then we have, you know, less potential for awful homes. Yeah, I kind of have a different opinion. And I mean, I kind of have a counter argument to my opinion as well. But sure. with it being AAA, I think it's weird because a lot of players come up and down between AAA and the majors. And for a player that gets called up from AAA to the majors and like you're so used to the robo, which is a quote unquote perfect strike zone, which who knows what it'll exactly be or look like. But let's say quote unquote perfect strike zone, right? And then you go to the majors and it's kind of like they give you the corners, they don't give you the corners and like, I, I don't know if it'll impact, like, I don't know if this will have any impact, but like, could it potentially impact a player's ability to see strikes in the majors, like something on the Izzo and they get the corner, they get mad. Cause like in minors that never gets called. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think it creates that weird situation, but along the same lines, my counter argument to myself is that it could create a better definition for some players of what a strike is. And then they can use that to base it on in the MLB and it might give some players some better plate awareness. So I think there's good things to both sides, but I think it will be weird. If yeah. That makes sense. Maybe the biggest like bad thing that would come for a player is uh, it might just create bad habits in catchers, you know, not having to okay. frame. That's really interesting anymore. too. And then yeah. coming up to the major leagues, you're not used to having to frame really. Yeah, I, I would also sort of to, to maybe minorly counter one of Brian's points there, which is I think that as much as we complain about bad umps, and there are definitely things that umps can do that are bad, there was not a single ump that did not have 90 plus percent accuracy and consistency on calls. As a like, season average. As a season average. Yeah, okay. Now, obviously that calls into you know maybe yeah some games are bad whatever whatever yeah. um but like there is no truly terrible mlb ump 
Um, I mean, it's human error, right? It's human They're error. As best as they and can be. Obviously, like there will be some that are that that make some bigger errors more often than others. <clears throat> you know, Hernandez. Um, but Yo, there is no, yeah, but there are no sub 90% accurate or consistent ops. And so like, I think that the, this, this idea of like, Oh, a player is going to get used to a perfect strike zone and then they'll get up to the majors and it'll be all over the place. Is like, eh, not really. They might get a borderline call here and there, maybe once a game, once every other game that they really feel was like not good, but for the most part, it probably won't be any different. Yeah. I, and I like it just cause it, it is just different. The experimenting at these low levels. I think it's good to first experiment at these low levels, but it's like, look, this is triple a, like I mentioned in America, it's the second highest level of baseball. We want to see what robo I'm going to look like at pretty much major league baseball, you know, obviously it's not yeah. major league baseball, but the closest thing. So then that way, if we want to implement it, we have a pretty clear idea of what it would look like. Yeah, I think the only other thing that they could do would be like we're doing robo ums for spring training, right? Yeah. Which, of course, would then, you know, but spring, spring training is also spring training for umpires. So maybe that defeats the point of it. But, you know, that would be your other sort of avenue of like, we really want to see what this will look like. I think it's also interesting to see like how teams will decide of keeping players in double A versus triple A. Because, I mean, it's not unheard of for teams to call players up from double A. We see it all the time. Yeah. Right. Especially with the elite talent, we see a lot of times them go from double A to the majors. So it'll be interesting if teams have more players that they consider major league ready playing in double A to avoid the robo bombs or if they want those guys with the robo bombs. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of interesting ways this could potentially go. Yeah, it'll be it'll be it will be an interesting thing just to monitor, really. Yeah, for sure. Like, how does it you know what is the what is the sort of uh the the general uh feeling about it as the as the minor league season goes on which you know that is maybe the one nice thing about doing it in triple a is the minor league season will actually go on it will actually happen (laughs) yeah i think uh well i guess to end this i think we could just all answer um do you want to see robo umps in the major leagues i i think it depends on how they decide to finally implement it um i would say absolutely yeah and this is referring just to like balls and strikes right Correct. yes just balls and strikes yeah i i I would say absolutely balls and strikes i think that i think that what it needs to be is like and, and i think this is kind of how they're doing it now but i think what it what it needs to be is it needs to just be a, a robot sky judge you've got an ump that is calling balls and strikes live and you have a robot that is quick enough that if they make a wrong call they get a buzz in their ear that says that was stupid reverse that um and then it has to just be fast enough that you know so, an ump can say you know strike and then go ooh actually no that was a ball so, well in the uh, our, low a experimentation it was kind of the opposite Yes, it was the opposite. Yeah, so like Yump was kind of more the sky judge than the than the, the robot. But so, uh, Brian, go. Uh, what you're talking about, Adam, is kind of like only to protect the really bad calls, like kind of the border ones. Exactly. Go and like yes. if there's one that misses by three inches, or, and they yep. call it a strike, or is dead middle, and they call it a ball, and then it exactly. Goes like, eh. 
that's that's what i think it should be used for that's interesting i i don't know it's so tough like part of me wants to say no like the randomness and the human element in a sense is part of baseball but sure dude when those brutal calls happen against you it's infuriating oh yeah is this gonna be something to compare it to the nfl where they tried making pass interference a reviewable call and it went horribly and they but I think stop doing it now. I think but a, this but is different because this is right. a more there's of a, a yes or no. Very key difference yeah. there, which is that pass interference is subjective. Yeah, right? this is a definitely a yes or no. Definitely. This is the, like there is there is an actual zone that we can enforce, <laughs> and you know it's yeah. it's maybe the only subjective portion of it is like, do you treat it where like if a ball so much as touches any portion of that borderline, it's a strike. Or is it something where like, does it need to be 50% in or whatever, something like that. Um, But yeah, I I think that if the implementation is just something like an on the fly sky sky judge that can tell an ump like, no, that was, you called that wrong and you need to reverse it, um, you know, and it's reasonably quick. Um, It has to be quick. It won't work if it's not quick. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't work if it's not quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But um, I, I would love to see that just because I think that shores up a lot of the inconsistencies and I think that it won't come into play all that often because again, I'm relatively accurate. And I think that as long as you, you keep the sort of quick call of, you know, pitches thrown ump calls it, uh, you know, then I don't think you've messed with the pace of play all that much. Yeah, that is interesting. Noah, how do you feel about it? It's interesting because I mean, there's definitely been days, weeks, or even months where I've been, yeah such a strong proponent of road bumps because you just get so frustrated for sure but then, <laughs> i've been there but then also when you think about like i don't know when i think about a lot of the pictures that i've really enjoyed watching pictures you know over the last five years or so when i've been able to really watch with mlb tv and stuff like that like david price and rick porcello um players who could really command the zone and like locate what they want it then if they start to sense that the umpire is giving them a little off of a certain corner, just keep hitting that spot. There's something yeah, that no, is really sure. like genuinely beautiful about that, you know? And it's very enjoyable to watch. Like yeah. that's, that's the component of baseball that will innocence lose when we go to robo like, And that, there's it's, no... it's, yeah, it's part of the, like the beauty of people that actually watch a full, sit down and watch a full game every pitch is you get that story of, oh, well, this, I've been calling that tonight, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and like you're kind of losing that um but also it would be really nice for nathan nivaldi to get that high curveball called in the alcs against yeah. alvarez uh, I, I think that yeah. i understand from that like perspective of the you know how how does a pitcher playing off of an ump how are they able to manipulate the zone to to, to benefit them right and that there is an artistry there um but I also think there's an artistry to using the entire zone that doesn't get used very much. That's a good point. I, cause yeah. ultimately I want robo umps. Um, but, and it's interesting that you said that. Cause I thought the one thing I was about to say is I think if robo umps come in and they're very accurate, we're going to see, I think more high breaking balls occasionally just to yeah, yeah, for sure. really throw people off. Like well, I think because if- anybody that can, that can, throw obviously it won't be breaking as hard that's just the nature of throwing a high breaking ball 
but you know, you fool somebody with a high changeup or a high, you know, a high curve um, that just, you know, clips that, you know, maybe up and in corner or, you know, that weird up and away slider that you never see because it'll either never get called or, you know, obviously if you don't fool a batter with it, it gets crushed. Um, but those are the kinds of, you know, interesting pitches that I think you start to see more of. Cause yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting when you think about it, like, <laughs> I mean, obviously it's not real baseball, <laughs> but MLB the show, you know, a, a game where it's, you know, a very, just perfect zone especially in certain right. modes um and a lot of players play and it'll be the show too and i'm sure they've experimented with different stuff and seen like oh yeah because sometimes man that high curveball that just looks like it's way out of the zone <laughs> you just totally give up on it and it clips the top of it yeah and it's really effective it's just in the major leagues right now you don't you don't get that pitch very often right well i mean and just think about like a you know maybe you know a, a right-hander throwing to a, a lefty batter right who has a good two-seamer somebody like maybe like a dustin may um who might not throw that up and in two-seamer for a strike as often now but might do it with a robo ump because he can clip that corner like a way up and in you know a two-seamer or a sinker or something something that'll bite back to the plate that'll catch that up and in corner that most umps don't call very often because a batter will flinch out of the way. And that, you know, obviously doesn't literally move the zone, but to an ump does that, that, you know, that visually moves and shifts the zone and they don't get that call very often that, you know, brings a whole new pitch into your arsenal, a whole new location into your arsenal. Um, when, when those kinds of things are actually being called. Yeah. I think, and in the end, my opinion of robo umps will be at first, I'm not going to like them, right? At first, I'm going to be like, I just want, like, I like the exploitation of where the ump's giving you and all that stuff. Like, I miss it. Like, we're probably going to see some pitchers get better when this happens. Some pitchers get worse. Sure. So off the bat, I think it'll be a shock. Over time, I think we'll all get used to it and it'll be fine. Yep. But it's definitely something I could see myself not liking at first for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? I think that like robo umps, they will benefit people who have the command and have the, you know, maybe a little bit more of the decisiveness with where they throw pitches and not mm -hmm. robo umps really benefits people who are maybe a little more crafty and more adaptive. It, it benefits different kinds of players, um, but the league will adapt either way. Yeah. And when we say command, I think it's important to emphasize command in the bottom of the zone. Cause I think that's where we see the most like getting away with stuff. Yes. So it'll affect players who have command in the bottom of the zone only because that was good with umps. When robo umps come in, you need someone who has command of the entire zone, the not zone. just the bottom. Yeah. Yep. So that, that is an interesting. It's where your it's where your high and tight fastballs will will reign a lot more supreme. You'll see a lot more hardball getting played because it'll get called. Um, we're already trending towards the era of like pitchers pumping 102 we consistently. Are. Yeah, and absolutely. Robo umps is just going to push that even more. They want mm -hmm. 102 with command now. Yeah. But also I think, you know, it, you could also see um, players with really good down in the zone or, you know, down and out of the zone breaking stuff um also maybe get benefit because you'll see batters maybe start fishing for some of those pitches because they know like if it clips if it so much as clips the zone it's a strike i kind of have to swing at this um it's interesting 
you know, you'll, it, it brings a whole different dynamic into that entire, you know, thing, because you can't rely on the ump messing up a call. Um, you know, you, you, you can't rely on the ump having a shallow zone. It's, it's just not, it's not a thing. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I, I hope it goes really well. And I hope that it in AAA is, it plays smooth. Um, cause I think it would be really nice to shore up some of those really obviously terrible, terrible calls. Okay. Now, yeah. So how are we feeling? We want, we want a little bit of news. We want a little bit of hypothetical. What did you want? What you want? Actually, whatever you want. BB. I'm okay. This is a question <laughs> I've been pondering for a while. BB. <laughs> <laughs> um, two players that have There's had, two players. There are two <laughs> players that are, Technically, no, not unemployed, but just in a weird spot right now. But uh, <laughs> they are down bad after this last year. Yeah, uh, or down bad. Yeah, percent. have had dominant seasons, um, and it's like, are they going to bounce back? We've been waiting for, I think, one of them especially to bounce back for a little bit longer than the other. Um, but those t- those two players, Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger. Hmm. In 2022, is their OPS higher or lower than an 830? You, you want to hear a hot take? Go for it. Yelich, one dot, Cody Bellinger, 0. 0.4. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. Okay, a 0. 0.4 might be a little aggressively low. <laughs> huh. Okay. Can you tell the Giants fan inside me is coming out? Yeah, and I wow. I just love Christian Yelich. Yeah, Giants fan, <laughs> he's always loved that first baseman, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I take that. I deserve that. I deserve that. No, he's, JK he's like before Jeff your time. Yeah, JK like <laughs> Jeff Kent. Yeah, uh, it's so an OPS would, of what, 8, 8, 8.30? Yeah. Love to see Yelich hit that number. I... <laughs> I very much think they both hit it. I would love to see Bellinger not hit it. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Obviously, you think you you, you don't want uh, Bellinger to hit it. I, but, uh, yeah. I shouldn't. Okay, Cody Bellinger, the baseball player, I love. Cody Bellinger, the Dodger, I hate. Yeah, um, right. Sure. I, would, I, I don't want to see any former MVP player struggle, right? I just, that's not what the game's about. I want to see everyone boom. I mean, I, as a Giants fan, I enjoyed last year so much. He went like oh for like thirty at one point against the Giants, and it was great. And then he threw the ball into the so high. That's game. one of my. I was at the game, dude. That was one of the most insane moments I've ever been at for a sporting moment. Like that I was, built the oh. war. Like ah, oh, I, I played it. it on episodes past. I won't play it today, but one of my favorite <laughs> calls of the year. Just. Yeah, no. uh, I forget if it's Will or Dave Fleming because they're brothers. Uh, but yeah, Fleming on the red on the Giants. Dave, Dave's yeah, on Dave the Giants. Fle- yeah, Dave yeah. Fleming. <laughs> when Bellinger throws it to third, and Bellinger throws it so hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great call. Bellinger had a rough season. I would love him to have a solid high sevens for OPS. <laughs> Just a solid, really good season. Yeah. Not right. a, not above 830 for me. But Yelich. Uh- I think they both. I think they both get eight thirty. Yeah, I think so too. I I've brought up 
in the past, uh, Christian Yelich, a lot of the stuff was there in terms of exit velo and all that, just maybe the launch angle kind of wasn't and some luck wasn't there. But I think, uh, I, I mean, though, I think with both of these guys, maybe more so Cody Bellinger, um, the possibility of there not being a full spring training worries me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think and hope that both of them are over 830. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about a few years ago, especially with Yelich. It was like, yeah, that's automatic, dude. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially it, yeah, even the season after his MVP season, which was argu- arguably a better season. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys had to pick one player to do it, who are Yelich. you picking? Actually, okay. if I'd I had pick to pick Yelich. one, yeah, probably Yelich. Yeah. I'll, I'll pick Yelich too, just because like okay. I mentioned with the, those peripherals stats yeah. being there. Bellinger had a pretty bad season last year. Yeah. Not that he can't bounce yes. back, but it was really he he looked lost at the plate at times. Like yeah, I, have I mean, not seen him chase that much. Ever. Yeah, if it, it was if it was rough. Yeah. If it's who do I think will have a higher war next year? I'd probably put money on oh. Bellinger. But in terms defensive? of yeah, elite defensive ability, I mean, elite defense. Like dude, nobody else could throw a ball like that. Just <laughs> <laughs> he was rattled. I mean, he, rattled. he second decked that thing. <laughs> but i I don't think your takes too crazy like bellinger is very likely to have a higher war just yelich isn't known for defense yeah yeah even though he's won a gold glove which is insane which i just brings up different issues let's be honest yeah voting (laughs) issues yeah 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 oh we got we got we got some multiple avenues to go here but I, I, there's one avenue I really want to go. Uh, I want to talk about prospects. I Let's love some prospects. Do it to it. Yeah. You you want to put the question out there? I don't. I you, go for it. <laughs> okay. So this is our brand new segment, which we might just might do once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> brand new one time segment. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe next year. A we'll fan do it too. favorite fan favorite uh, it, it's something we do a lot maybe just not as set up as this but we do yeah. like to talk yeah it's a prospect preview i think so oh, it's just yeah. it's going well i don't know i'm not going to limit it too much initially i was thinking going into 2022 who's a prospect you're really excited uh for in 2022 not necessarily about them coming to the big leagues but just maybe a significant development in 2022 um but if you're even broader than that, or whatever you want to talk about, 2022 uh, prospects to watch. I personally, know. do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, and for your favorite team, unless you got someone on not your favorite team that you want to talk about as well. Yeah, I don't care about okay. any non-giants. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna Fair. say two that I'm excited about for the San Francisco Giants, like the major league team. And then I'm going to say two that won't hit majors more than likely this year, but I'm excited about down the road. So the two San Francisco Giants ones I'm excited about that are going to affect the major league team is Joey Bart being the biggest. Um, I think that's kind of given, right? They lost Buster Posey. He retired. Joey Bart, the top draft pick, he's kind of next in line. Like there's a lot of people expecting him just to fill the role of Buster Posey. And that is not easy shoes to fill for anybody right it's like oh come fill in for the hall of fame catcher first round draft pick with a bunch of expectations already 
<laughs> so he's 25. That's interesting. Another one is Heliot Ramos. He's an outfielder. He was supposed to come up last year. The team got a lot of success. The outfielders were doing well. He just never really got a shot last year. I don't know if he'll get a shot to start the year like Joey Bart will, but Heliot Ramos will be up at some point in time. He's 22 years old, has an outfield, has some power, has a good throwing arm. I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to cover the other ones really quickly. Uh, Marco Luciano, the Giants' number one prospect. If you're not excited about him, you're insane. That dude is 20 years old, and he looks like a freak of nature. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is Kyle Harrison. He's a left-handed pitcher who's also 20 years old, throws like he's Chris Sale, is funky, and has been dominating everywhere he's pitched in the minors, and I'm very excited for him. Yeah. Oh, that was a lot. Go for it. Whoever's next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because I was trying to narrow it down to two, and it's hard to do that. <laughs> no, I can't. Like, I, I only said four, and I didn't even mention the Giants' number three prospect. Yeah, so I'm going <laughs> to probably do a little bit more than two. But number one, Tristan Casas. Uh, he's in AAA right now. Big left-handed bat, first base, DH kind of type. Just great raw power uh been really good throughout the minors the last couple of years i think a little injured last year but when he's had consistent playing time has looked incredible um and i'm gonna go area i'm gonna do go down the line a little bit jay groom was a really hot red sox prospect a few years ago but it's just been so injured but last at the end of last year kind of came back a little bit and he's a big six six left-handed pitcher that could throw smoke and some some wicked spinners um and just yeah i think a guy that if you get him in at the right time could be a huge probably bullpen impact guy for the red sox um and then i'll do two more kind of quickly uh one that we saw quite a bit of Last year, Jaron Duran came up, um, you know, had some exciting moments, but then also a lot of swing and miss, especially up in the zone. He was a guy that uh, wasn't initially ranked really high in their prospect system, but has just worked super hard, climbed the ranks, great speed guy. Um, and yeah, I think if he could be a little bit more consistent with that contact, could be an impact bat. And then the last one, uh, big name alert. Uh, Jeter Downs. Uh, oh, Derek Jeter on the Derek. Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the obviously Alex Verdugo being the biggest piece that the Red Sox got back in the Mookie Betts trade, but one of the biggest uh, players that the Red Sox did get back in that uh, trade hasn't quite panned out yet. Um, but hopefully, new season, you know, turn another leaf. Uh, find some consistency and just be a solid sort of second base option for the Red Sox at some point. Um, but yeah, it's just something that's interesting to look at. Cause that's kind of like, was one of those big names. I remember when the Mookie Betts trade and we'll see if it pans out. Yeah. Mookie Betts. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the Jays don't have nearly as many prospects right now that are on their immediate rise up. They've sort of, already called up their major people um but uh, one of the guys that might be coming up a lot of major people okay a lot of major people uh but one of the guys that may be coming up sooner rather than later is uh, jordan groshans um guy who's been in double a for a little while he's a pretty solid contact hitter but he's been playing 
pretty much everywhere in the infield. They've had him at short. They've had him at third. They've had him at first. They've DH'd him. I think the only thing he hasn't played is second, um, which is uh, probably because Bo Bichette existed and was doing that. Um, but uh, he, he might get called up uh, sometime in the near future, but a, a pretty good fielder, a, a definitely a, a solid bat. Um, the other guy a little bit farther down the pipeline in low A, um, I think he got moved up to high A sometime last year, last season as well as Elvis Martinez, um, also an infielder, plays a bunch of short and third. Um, this is one of the things that I think I was talking about when, um, when the Jays were a little bit less willing to go super hard after Simeon. Um, and it's because all the top two Jays prospects are infielders. <laughs> they have you know, talent coming up. And obviously Bo Bichette was a top prospect for the Jays as well as an infielder and Vlad Guerrero is an infielder. They've got a lot of infield talent um, and a lot of young infield talent. Um, so I think they were willing to, to drop, you know, at least, maybe at least uh, some of that because they've got some guys moving up. Um, but that's really it for the Jays. The Jays really don't have a whole lot else coming up through the minors. So I'm going to highlight a different guy, uh, Noel V. Marte, who I've gotten to watch a couple of times. And these guys have gotten to watch a couple of times because he played for the Modesto Nuts. Um, Nuts. (laughs) Hey. Joe Panic. Let's go Nuts. Joe Panic for the Nuts. Let's go. (laughs) Um, But that's Noel V. Marte, who um, at one point was a top 10 prospect. I think he's ranked like 11th or 12th now. Um, But that's a 20-year-old shortstop for the Nuts uh, with a pretty nasty power swing. And – He's fun. He's he has that magic uh, OPS of 830. Um, oh. But he just recently got moved up to high A. And I think they have his ETA not this upcoming year, but the year after, I think 2023. But he could be a very interesting uh, shortstop for uh, for the Mariners uh, mm. in the near future. Yeah, well, it's some fun prospect talk hope you enjoyed if we left out your favorite team we're not sorry um sorry if i don't don't know all of your favorite prospects yeah um no but i'm sure we'll talk about some prospects that are near in the major leagues if ever we have a major league season uh maybe during the spring training if that happens we could do like a prospect episode and just cover like the top 10 or 15 yeah that's yeah that's that's a good idea maybe we'll We'll keep that. That's a good idea. I mean, the to do list. <laughs> the to do the do do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have much other than that. Um, I guess other than that, the MLB officially rejected the Rays split season proposal, where they proposed to do half a season in St. Pete and half a season in Montreal. Which I think the only reaction i have to that is thank god because that sounds Good. like the worst idea <laughs> yeah. of all time yeah. oh, it sounded awful <laughs> we can't get enough fans to show up in one location what if we try to <laughs> what if we do two locations two <laughs> <laughs> like Genius. hey maybe just move your entire franchise somewhere else like don't half move yeah I don't know, man. Or actually play in Tampa Bay instead of St. Right. Petersburg. Yeah. Oh, wait. They play, oh, dude, my gosh. Their maybe. Lo- their, their, like, their ballpark location is so dumb. <laughs> like, yeah, there's man. a reason no one shows up. <laughs> and there's yeah, literally imagine. freaking proof the Tampa Bay Lightning, a thriving team in yeah. actual Tampa Bay. Maybe if you actually put your baseball team there, too. Put your, put your stadium downtown. Yeah. 
Imagine play putting on your stadium ice. outside <laughs> of a the city ice. they play in. <laughs> Niners. Um. Yeah. I, you know. I mean, but the logistics. Well, I mean, the freaking New York Giants and Jets play in, uh, you know, New Jersey. But it's like fair, fair. in a place where people are going to go, though. Yeah, We're people care Saint about Pete the team. Petersburg, where only retired people are, and like, but we've yeah. got a, but we've got a, a hip young team with a really good farm system, and, and we're really good with money. Oh, the old people don't care about. That. <laughs> oh, yeah, the old people care about spending money, not not spending money. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like just, but not spending money going to a ball game. Uh, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, clearly never. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't think anybody expected that proposal to to get ag- agreed upon. <laughs> you kidding <Yeah>. me? <laughs> um, oh my gosh, that'd be that'd be ridiculous. The MLB would sooner just be like, just move to Montreal, just go. Get yeah, out. I think it was more the race posturing, like mm, we might leave. You know? Yeah. yeah, all or nothing, bud. Come on. Well, other than that, do you guys want to have anything else you want to talk about? I mean, Trevor Plouffe, who predicted the World Series right, has been on the Rams the whole time. So I think we already know the Super Bowl winner if uh, we stay true to Trevor Plouffe. That would be crazy. Back to back. That would be be some nutty predictions. Just hopefully he's in on the Suns too. (laughs) (laughs) Go Warriors. Uh, I think this is a pretty solid pod. Oh yeah, sops. <laughs> Potty bros. Po- Potty time was great today. <laughs> uh, send, us some, send, a, send us a message on Twitter or Instagram at nonstopbbpod if you thought potty time was great today. <laughs> and, I mean, if you're currently partaking in potty time, let us know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, Nothing wrong with that. that. I think I'm done for potty time. Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs>